0: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. When we talk about investments, there's a lot of choices. The two most common investment categories are stocks and bonds. Last week, I introduced you to stocks. So this week, we're talking bonds, what they are, pros and cons, and how to invest in them. Remember from last week that when you buy a stock, you own a tiny stake in a company and you get a share in the company's profits and losses. When you buy a bond, you're actually making a loan to the company or other organization. You're the bank lending them money and they have to pay you back with interest. While only corporations can raise money by issuing stocks, companies as well as local, state, and federal governments can all raise money by issuing bonds that you can buy as an investment. So how's this work? Most bonds have a face value of $1,000 and a set interest rate, called a coupon, that they will pay for a fixed period of time. As an example, let's say Cincinnati has to replace its aging sewer system. It's a huge project, and once done, could last another 100 years but the city doesn't have the cash for the whole project right now. But we'll be able to recoup the costs through future taxes, water, and sewer fees. So they decide to issue bonds now to raise the cash to pay for the project. For example, they might issue or sell enough $1,000 bonds to pay for the project. Each bond has a 4% interest and it will mature or expire in 10 years. So you could buy one of these bonds when it was issued for $1,000. So you loan Cincinnati $1,000. They will pay you 4% interest, usually twice a year. This means that they send you $20 twice a year, which is $40 a year, which is 4%. And you get this $40 a year in cash for 10 years. And when the 10 years are over, you get your initial $1,000 back. So some government bonds don't pay you the interest as you go along, but they pay it all at the end. This is called a zero-coupon bond. A 10-year, 4% zero-coupon government bond with a $1,000 face value will still pay you back $1,000 in 10 years. Uh, wait, where's my interest? If I give the government $1,000 now and have to wait 10 years to get my $1,000 back, I'm losing out. You're right. That's why zero coupon bonds are issued for less than their face value. In this case, you would buy the $1,000 bond for $675. The interest is baked in. The difference between what you paid for the bond up front and that higher amount that they give you back at the end is the 4% that you earned for loaning them the money. Remember, all bonds pay interest, usually two times a year, or they'll do it all at once at the end when the bond matures. This is a big plus when it comes to bonds. Interest payments are predictable and can be a steady source of income. Because of this, bonds are generally considered less risky than stocks. Okay, but why do some bonds pay more interest than others? Ah, great question. Sometimes, like during COVID, overall interest rates drop very low. This is great if you're applying for a mortgage to buy a house. Also great for businesses to issue bonds and borrow money from you to expand operations or pay off higher rate loans but low interest rates are not so great when you're the one loaning the money by buying bonds because you won't receive as much interest. Another key factor is how creditworthy is the issuer. This is how likely they are to actually pay you back. The federal government is considered the most creditworthy, so they can pay lower interest rates on their bonds. A company that's struggling financially and rated poorly for their ability to pay you back, they have to pay the highest interest rate to get people to buy their bonds. And those bonds are typically called high yield, which honestly is just a fancy and pretty misleading word for junk bonds. Junk bonds pay the highest interest or yield because they are a higher risk. There is a higher risk that the company or local government could default on the loan That is, never pay it back. Another important factor in determining how much interest the bond will pay is time to maturity. That is, how long do you have to wait to get your $1,000 back? Bonds that are issued with a short maturity, say three years, are less risky than bonds with a long maturity, like 30 years, because you're, you're waiting so much longer to get your money back so that short maturity bond can pay lower interest rates. Okay, so to recap so far, bonds will pay you less interest when they're issued at a time of overall low interest rates, or when the issuer has good credit and is more likely to pay you back, or when the bond matures sooner. In order to get people to buy their bonds, issuers have to offer higher interest rates, when overall rates are high, if the issuer, the company or the government, is a poor credit risk, or the bonds have a long time to maturity. It's a balance of risk and reward when you're looking at buying bonds. So how do you buy bonds? Well, you can buy federal government bonds directly from the government. And like stocks, some people buy individual bonds through exchanges, that is the market. But buying bonds to build a portfolio can be pretty complex. Part of this complexity is that a $1,000 bond almost always sells for a higher or lower price in the market where prices are based on supply and demand. For example, a $1,000 bond issued with a 4% interest rate will sell for less than $1,000 when similar bonds are paying 6%. This could happen if overall interest rates went up after your bond was issued. I mean, why pay $1,000 for the opportunity to make 40 bucks a year when you can pay $1,000 and get $60 a year of interest? So this complexity is why most individual investors just let a pro do the heavy lifting and get into bonds through a mutual fund or exchange-traded fund called an ETF. I talked about how stock mutual funds and ETFs worked last week, and they work the same for bonds. The funds buy lots of many different kinds of bonds to diversify. You own a slice of that when you invest in a bond fund. And like stock funds, bond funds come in lots of flavors. There's government, or are corporate bonds, long-term or short-term, U.S. or foreign, and so on. For our military and federal employees, you can invest in bonds through the Thrift Savings Plan, which is similar to a Workplace 401 TSP offers five mutual funds for you to invest in. Three are stock funds, that's the C fund for large company stocks, S-Fund for medium and small company stocks, and I-Fund for international stocks. And TSP offers two bond funds, the F-Fund and the G-Fund. The F-Fund invests in a wide range of investment-grade, that is no-junk bonds, U.S. government and corporate bonds. The G-Fund is unique. It invests only in U.S. government-issued securities that are only available to TSP. It is guaranteed not to lose money, and in that way is extremely safe. However, because it's so safe, the interest that the G fund pays is also very low and may not even keep up with inflation. So, so far we've covered the what and the how of investing in bonds. Now let's talk about the why. I already mentioned the steady, predictable income that bond interest can provide. This may be especially useful when you retire and could use the cash for regular expenses. Another thing in bonds corner is that bond prices tend to be less volatile than stocks. That is, the price of bonds go up less and more importantly, down less than stocks in general. It's a much smoother ride. So when stocks drop, bond values usually drop less or even increase some. This is really good if you will need to cash in some of your investments at a particular time, like a home down payment, college tuition, or upcoming transition out of the military. Most likely, your bond investments won't grow as much as your stock investments overall, but they're much less likely to plummet in value right before you need them. So in general, stocks are king when you can leave the money there let it ride and grow. If you're saving for retirement that's still, say, 30 years off, that investment may be in all stocks. Will you need to cash in your investment in a few years for a big purchase? Or you'll need it for living expenses? Bonds are a steadier, safer bet. Just don't expect a lot of growth. For most of us, our needs fit somewhere in between. And in this case, a mix of stocks and bonds may be ideal for you. Does investing in a couple stock and bond funds still seem a bit daunting? You're not alone. Say hello to the target date fund, also called a life cycle fund in the TSP. With a target date or life cycle fund, you invest in just one mutual fund or ETF. The target date is the date you need the money. So if you're saving for retirement, Your target date may be the year you reach 65 or 70 years old. Saving for a college education? The target date would be the first year of college, and so on. The fund will automatically invest your money for you, mostly in stocks, while you're still a long way from your goal, and gradually start shifting your investment from stocks to bonds as you get closer. It's fire and forget. It doesn't get much simpler than that. Well, I hope we've taken some of the mystery out of stocks and bonds over the last two weeks. If you have any questions about today's episode or would like my help with your unique situation, reach out at MoneyPilotAdvisor.com. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at MoneyPilotAdvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.